Welcome to the Rural Woman Podcast, a platform for women in agriculture, ranching, homesteading, and more to share their stories. I'm your host, Caitlin Dubin. This week's episode of the Rural Woman Podcast is brought to you by KL Skin Naturals. Their award-winning deodorant has been a household favorite here since early 2017. Stay tuned to after today's show and I'll be doing an unboxing and review of the new goodies that I just received from Leah over at KL Skin Naturals. And don't forget, you can use promo code RuralWoman10 to save 10% off your order at klskindeodorant.com. On this week's episode of the Rural Woman Podcast, you'll meet Deanne Frieders. Deanne is a wife to a farmer and a mother of four. She is the blogger behind This Farm Girl Cooks. Her focus is simple, delicious meals that your family will actually eat. If you love easy meals and a sprinkle of humor and a dash of keeping things real, then you will feel right at home with Deanne. I am so excited for you guys to get to hear today's episode. I know my husband was personally excited for this episode because he is a big fan of a lot of Deanne's recipes. So I'm excited for you guys to get to know her a little bit better. And in this week's intro of the show, we have a few things to go over. So first of all, I must make a correction and an apology to Rochelle Barrett and the great people of Montana for the error I made in last week's episode. You may or may not have caught it, but in the intro, I said that Rochelle was from Harve, Montana, when in actuality, it is pronounced Haver, Montana. I cannot even blame my Canadian accent for that one. So I am sorry, folks, and I hope you forgive me for my misjudgment and incorrect saying of Haver, Montana. And second, I wanted to give you guys an update on the rally campaign that was supposed to be in a previous episode, but somehow didn't make the cut. So here it is. We live on big spreads and tiny homesteads, farms, ranches, and everywhere in between. Neighbors separated by barbed wire fences and gravel roads, divided by section lines and field boundaries. We are wives and mothers, husbands and fathers, producers and consumers, held together by the threads of history and love. Here in these vast, wide open places, we answer the call of caregivers to the land, the animals, and our families with open hearts and willing hands. The miles of gravel and pavement between our homes can make the isolation of rural life feel insurmountable. Sometimes we struggle to reach out and ask for help, even though we never pause when one of our own needs our support. We come together in times of crisis and in times of joy. We celebrate together when the markets are up and hold each other together when the world falls apart. We support each other's families from the sidelines and in the trenches. We show up for each other operating equipment, working cattle, cooking meals, and offering a shoulder to cry on when there's nothing else we can do. We may get knocked down, but together we get back up and carry on. We are fighters who never back down from a challenge or allow obstacles to stop us in our tracks. When the going gets tough, we rally. We rise from the ashes of heartbreak because this life is in our blood and it is part of our soul. Though we are proud of our independence and our strength, we know that together, we can overcome challenges we can't handle alone. Introducing Rally, a charitable campaign aiming to bring agriculture together. The agricultural industry is like no other. 
Farmers and ranchers are truly the eternal optimists. We work against the clock and the elements on a daily basis. We stand alone in our fields and come together in need. The rally campaign was built for this purpose, to stand together and to support one another. We are the faces of agriculture, no matter the size of our operations. We stand united whether we're conventional or organic, grass or grain finished, big egg or small farm. We're all in this together. The Rally Campaign is a fundraising effort to provide funds for selected agricultural organizations. From now until the end of March 2020, funds raised through the Rally Campaign will be donated to the Do More Agricultural Foundation, who is a not-for-profit organization focused on mental health in agriculture across Canada, and the Agri-Ability Project, whose mission is to enhance the quality of life for farmers, ranchers, and other agricultural workers with disabilities so they, their families, and their communities can continue to succeed in rural America. Purchase your Rally Campaign t-shirt over at Shop Wild Rose Farmer, with $4 of the proceeds being equally split between these two worthy organizations. For more information about the Rally Campaign, head on over to wildrosefarmer.com rally. So I mentioned before that I wanted to give you guys an update on the Rally Campaign. Thank you so much to those who have already purchased their rally gear and have shared the rally message online. As you heard, the current organizations that Rally is currently supporting is the Do More Egg Foundation and the National Agra Ability Project. So it was my original vision to change up the organizations that Rally would support every quarter. But with how things are going in the world today, I have made the decision to keep these two wonderful organizations on until the end of June. I also wanted to let you guys know that I will be releasing some new rally gear over on Shop Wild Rose Farmer very soon, so stay tuned for that. I really want to encourage you guys, if you haven't done so already, to check out the Do More Egg Foundation and the National Agri-Ability Project to see the amazing work that they have been doing to help support the agriculture community. And I hope you guys would consider supporting the Rally Campaign. You can find more information about it over on wildrosefarmer.com. And if you ever have any questions, or if you guys know of an organization that would benefit from proceeds from Rally, you can always send them my way. Email address is hello at wildrosefarmer.com. I am always there to chat. Okay, you guys, I think that is it for my housekeeping on today's show. Let's get to today's episode with Deanne Frieders. Good morning, Deanne. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing so good. Thank you so much for joining me on the Rural Woman Podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you. Me too. So for my listeners who are unfamiliar with you, give us a little bit of information about who you are and where you're from. Okay. Well, my name is Deanne Frieders and I am my husband, Ryan. We have, there's four kids ranging from ages 16 down to the age of four. And we farm here in Northern Illinois. We're in a small community, Waterman, Illinois, and we're about 60 miles west of Chicago. So beyond the suburbs, and then you get out to where the farm ground is. And I have been working from home since our daughter, Eleanor, who is now in kindergarten, was born. 
And luckily, we've got my parents living five minutes in one direction and his parents living in five minutes the other direction. So we're kind of nestled in between our families. So how did you get your start in agriculture then? Obviously, if your parents were only five minutes away, this farm life probably wasn't a new thing for you. Yeah, it's kind of funny how it happened. So I grew up, I actually ended up living after moving around and, you know, going to the small town life, you know, when I was a teenager, I wanted to get away from it. But here I am basically back where I started. I grew up in a ag community, but I was not involved in pretty much anything ag related. So my grandparents were farmers and I just didn't have any interest in it. I wasn't in FFA. I wasn't in 4-H. I really grew up, even though there was a you know field at the end of our street, I really kind of grew ignorant about it. So it's funny that here I am today. So my start with agriculture, actually, I was married before to a farmer and got remarried to another farmer. So I guess, you know, just different immersions into the farm life that way. But I really started getting more hands-on when I quit my corporate job and decided to stay home and get more and learn about the farm operation about six years ago. I love that part of your story. I can definitely relate to the getting married part and not really having any want of the farm. Right. <laughs> as bad as that is, I married the farmer and I was like, I don't have to do anything with a farm. But basically, I feel like for most successful farm marriages and farm families, it is something that everyone needs to be immersed in. And I can, you know, attest having done it twice <laughs> and having it operate where one one part I was completely separate and then this you know current situation which is good um, I really am more involved in it it really is the difference yeah for sure well obviously you were pulled into the farming life like you cannot get away from it if you are going to marry into it twice you must like it so <laughs> tell us more about your current operation what do you guys grow there and do you have any livestock yeah, we grow corn and soybeans and we farm with my in-laws, Ron and Denise. We have about 1800 acres that we farm. Um, and then we just got started raising black Angus. So last year was kind of like our test run. We had just two heifers and kind of just wanted to see, is this something that we would like to diversify with? Is this going to fit in with our other farm lifestyle and our family lifestyle? And it really was a great addition. It really meshed well with just our overall dynamics. So we will be getting some more cattle and kind of further endeavor this year. That's awesome. So you mentioned that you have been home on the farm since your youngest went to kindergarten. So mm -hmm. what does your typical day look like now on the farm for you? Well, we spend in preschool. So um it's kind of, it, it's dependent based on the season. So obviously my planting and harvest times are different than now when it's kind of more of a quiet time. I do a lot of, you know, child shuttling. But then in the, the busier times, I help out more with the cattle. So a lot of times it's going out to do um, the feeding and cleaning once or twice a day and also uh, prepping. So when we are when it's our busy time, I prep the food for my in-laws and my husband and transport it out to the field. And so just depending on the day, I may have one kiddo with me. I may, I'm rarely alone. <laughs> I have a small window of time when I'm alone, 
But when I am alone is also when I'm able to either work on bookkeeping on kind of my own numbers. Uh, it's kind of, it sounds a little scattered, but that I guess that's just kind of how my days are. It just really depends on what's happening. I feel like most people have scattered days on a farm or ranch or a homestead operation. So you are not alone. <laughs> it can change on a dime, you know, if there needs to be a part picked up or, you know, if there's an equipment problem or, or does, do we need to pick up some feed? It's really just kind of helter skelter, I guess, yeah. but in a good way. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about motherhood and farming. Obviously, you are a professional because you have four human children that are still alive. And (laughs) what are some of the struggles that you have faced with motherhood and farming? You know, I, I wouldn't be real if I didn't say there were, you know, ups and downs to motherhood and farming. You know, in our busier seasons, it's kind of like I'm running a one man show because I've got I'm kind of like operating as a single parent in some regards. And so that's a little tricky. It gets a little tricky when, you know, we have sports schedules, you know, outside things that the kids want to do and incorporating all those types of things. And sometimes saying no to outside involvement, if it's something that just doesn't work with our busy times, you know, there have been that we can't, we can't do that. And, you know, no one likes to tell their kids no, but I also understand that there are limits to what I can handle single-handedly. Those have been challenges and really like, you know, with the farming dynamic, sometimes things shift where we just don't operate like a traditional family where the husband's home at six o'clock for dinner, you know, sometimes just kind of go with whatever that day has in store with us for us. For sure. And for me, coming from the background of having the traditional childhood where my dad was home at six nights for dinner and coming into this, I don't have children yet, but just knowing that that's not going to be really a possibility at all times of the year for me, like that is something that I have to kind of prepare myself for of not having that expectation, I think. Because we have those expectations, right, of what right. your family's going to look like. We think of like the picturesque farm family where they're all sitting at the big harvest table and all of those things. And we know that's not a reality. So <laughs> right. I, I like having the right expectations for your family and your children and that kind of stuff probably really helps out a lot. And I think farm moms are some of, you know, I don't want to say we're, we're tough or we're, I do think, you know, we learn how to take on a lot. And consequently, I think that's why it's so important that farm wives and moms network with other people that are in the same situation because it can. And and even though we're strong, we still need to have kind of that sense of community and knowing other people are going through similar challenges. Yes, absolutely. Hey, all we'll get right back to our episode after a word from our sponsor. Nestled in the tree-filled mountains by Kootenai Lake in Nelson, British Columbia, KL Skin Naturals was founded in 2013 by owner Leah. KL Skin Naturals is known for their award-winning natural deodorant that I have personally been using since early 2017, and I can tell you from personal experience, it passes the farming test. You know what I'm talking about. I feel good knowing that the deodorant that I'm using is free from harsh chemicals and scents. 
all of their products are produced by hand from the very first measure to the very last label. Each recipe was worked, researched, perfected, and tested on family and friends who all agree that there's something unique to be offered in the effective products that Leah is making. Listeners of the Rural Woman podcast can save 10% off their order with promo code WILDROSE10. So head on over to klskindeodorant.com to choose from their wide selection of clean scented natural deodorants, plus other natural skincare products such as fresh aloe skin cream, foot butters, and more. And now back to our episode. So what advice or words of encouragement do you give to a new or current farm mom? You know, I really think it's important to, it's easy to be enamored by the farm life, right? You know, you come into it and it just, you know, there's the smell of the soil and, you know, you see, you know, how when you're farming, you have to really love what you're doing to be good at it. And I really think as a farm mom or a farm wife, you have to kind of come in and realize it is long hours, but they are worth it. I think the trade-offs and the values that you get in raising a family this way, you know, having the kids be able to come along and, you know, ride in the tractor on occasion or having them, you know, just goes into a farm or raising livestock. I think those are great things, but also with it comes, you know, like I said, some different lifestyle aspects. And my standard response when we get invited to pretty much anything when it's during planting is or hard is, I don't know, it depends on the weather. You know, like, when it's my niece's birthday party, I'm always saying, I don't know if there's going to be one of us there, or if there will be six of us there. Because there's just it just depends on, you know, a lot outside of ourselves. Absolutely. And I think the word flexibility comes to mind when I think of farm families and events off of the farm. I know there yeah. are definitely times where I have gone to family functions by myself and I think some people actually don't think I actually have a husband, but I right. promise he's there, but he is in the field. <laughs> right. And, you know, for me, honestly, I used to be really almost, I would say beyond disappointed. It used to just be heartbreaking for me. But once I came to realize and accept that that's part of how this life operates, it's become much easier. There's, you take the good with the bad and, you know, I'm lucky when I come home from going to those events by myself or with the kids by myself, you know, he's going to lay in bed next to me. And so I'm lucky in that way. Absolutely. I love that. So what do you think, you kind of touched on this before, but what do you think some of the most rewarding parts of raising your kids in this lifestyle is? Yeah, I think it's just a wholesome way to live life. I feel like there's so many values that can be instilled that they can't get in just everyday life, whether it's, you know, just the work ethic behind it, the carrying of of equipment and maintenance that goes into things, seeing that when you have things, you have to take care of them and, you know, and also ingenuity, you know, they're able to see how we piece things together to in our means and our timelines. So, you know, that just happens by example of just being around it and rolling with the punches. You know, we had talked about flexibility, but definitely that's something our kids can and it's a family business. And so I think with that comes, you know, some unique traits. They get to see my husband and I working through things and working together on things. 
that is different if we had gone off jobs or he went off to a job every day, they wouldn't to be like to witness that part. They would know he went off to go do something during the day, but they really truly wouldn't know what. Whereas this, they're able to kind of live and breathe it along with us. Absolutely. It's an all-encompassing lifestyle and it's not just a job. And uh, farm (laughs) families, I feel like, are some of the most resilient and humble people in this great country, in both countries that we live in, all around the world. (laughs) (laughs) So you know and I know that probably the most important job on a farm is one that you and I both have, and it's probably close to the topping. But uh, the farm cook is probably the most important job, would you say? (laughs) Yes, I would totally agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us more about your journey from farm wife to being the infamous This Farm Girl Cooks. Well, when I married Ryan, I really hadn't done meals to the field before. And his mom used to take care of those, but she also, she farms. And so it were her stopping the tractor or the green cart or whatever it was she was working and going in to make a meal. And so they've always stopped to eat, which is a little bit different than, than some farm families. Though we certainly have days, you know, a sandwich and like they'll keep going if there's impending weather or something like that. But they usually will stop for 15 minutes and eat and just kind of catch a breather that way. But when um, they asked, you know, would I start that over? I really didn't have any idea of, you know, what to feed them. (laughs) It was like, you know, I Googled what do farmers eat in the field? And there really, (laughs) it wasn't an answer to that question So I started kind of asking questions of them and kind of just using my own brain, like, okay, they're going to be in a tractor on a tailgate. So it's not anything where they're going to be able to cut food. You know, they're not going to want a chicken for stuff. So it was kind of just trial and error and figuring out, okay, let's use short pasta instead of long pasta, because that's easier to eat when you're standing up. (laughs) And I started what I was making first through Facebook, and then kind of built it out into a blog, sharing what I was making, hoping that it would help, you know, some other people too. And that's kind of how, how it emerged was trial and error and figuring it out and then saying, hey, this worked or nah, this didn't work. Um, and just being really just putting it out there. That's so great. And I love that you said that you went straight to Google, like, what do farmers eat and what do they have for lunch? Because that is my life in general. That is how I became a farm wife and an online person in farming is because I turned to Google because I had no idea what I was supposed to be doing. I'm happy to say that your recipes came up a whole heck of a lot in my initial Googling of what this farm life was supposed to be and what I was supposed to feed them. So thank you from me and millions of others who have benefited from this endeavor of yours. Well, thanks. That makes me really happy. And, you know, we don't get a handbook. There really hasn't been much out there, like you said. So I'm glad that it is serving as a resource for people. Absolutely. And if there was a handbook out there, it's not going to work for every single person. Because like you said, there are some people that keep going while they're working and eating. Mm -hmm. And there's others that stop and have those 15 minutes where they can actually sit and use a knife or just talk, that kind of stuff. So it's really different for every single person. 
Right, right. I agree. Have you been loving the Rural Woman podcast? Are you wondering how you can support the show? Well, friend, I'm happy to announce that I've recently joined Patreon. What is Patreon? Well, it's a membership-based platform that provides a simple way for you to contribute to the Rural Woman podcast every month and get exclusive rewards in return. Memberships start as low as $2 a month. Seriously, that's less than your grande, skinny, extra hot caramel macchiato with whip. Wondering what the rewards are? Well, they include promo codes for Shop Wild Rose Farmer, draws for the Rural Woman podcast merchandise, shoutouts on the show, and more. Your financial support of the Rural Woman podcast will help make it possible for the stories of women in agriculture to continue to be shared. So head on over to wildrosefarmer.com to find out more information about how you can become a patron through Patreon. So where do you get your recipe ideas from? Because you have some pretty unique ones. And I have to say, my husband asked last night who I would be with this morning. And I showed him, I was like, I'm interviewing Deanne. And I showed him your Pinterest page. And he was scrolling through and he was literally drooling. He was like, you could cook this if you want, or you could cook this. So your recipes are so creative. And I just want to get the inspiration from. Well, initially, it was just kind of, you know, I always, I like our things, of course, to be family friendly. And I also like them to be using ingredients in a grocery store. So I don't do anything that's really crazy. Just because, you know, I want it to be accessible to everyone without having to go to another store. And living in a small town too, you know, I be it's got to, if it works for me, then it hopefully it will work for others. But really, I mean, slow cookers, of course, are one of my favorite things because as farm wives, we know we don't serve a certain time, <laughs> uh, try as we may. So, you know, that's, I like to have flexibility in the recipes where they can sit a little bit if they need to. And a lot of the ideas as I've gotten further into this, I'm on my fourth year now, people, what do you need? And so sheet pan meals are a big thing because they can, they're efficient and handhelds, of course, anything that can be picked up and eaten, those are all really good, a good source of inspiration in my book. And those are all super helpful and definitely things that I have turned to and used in my cooking experience for the crew. Uh-huh. <laughs> what have been some of your most popular dishes that you've shared? Surprisingly, the top, one of the recipes for a couple years now is brown rice in the slow cooker, which continues to blow my mind because I'm like the most boring sounding thing you can possibly imagine. But everybody seems just completely blown away by the idea that you can make rice in your slow cooker. There's also my lasagna big, a big hit. It's basically like lasagna in a muffin tin made with wonton wrappers instead of pasta. And also, you know, I've got a pork stir fry recipe that people really like. That's kind of that's kind of a really broad array of things, isn't it? <laughs> it is, but it's so good because there's literally something for everyone. And like you said, that your recipes are so family friendly. And my husband, bless him, he is the pickiest eater I have ever met in my whole life. So not only do I have to feed a crew of people, I also have to feed something that will feed Mr. Wild Rose Farmer. So <laughs> oh, a challenge. it is absolutely. So can you tell us any Pinterest fail moments that you are willing to share 
with the public because <laughs> oh, we've all sure. had them. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So my family knows to go ahead and um, I let be critical because I want to know what can be better. So every now and then I'll make something and, you know, I'll know first maybe that it's the taste is off. Or I've even had where I was cooking a pork roast for them out in the field and called and said, can you drop lunch off in 30 minutes? And uh, I was like, sure, I can make that happen. <laughs> and so I'm like cutting up the pork roast that's not quite done, trying to get it done fast. And, you know, of course, have to have cooked <laughs> to a certain temperature. So I've had it where it's like, okay, yep, that is not going to be ready in time. It's time for plan B, um, where I just completely aborted what I was supposed to be making and went with like sandwiches or something. And I, you know, I've had a few where I can tell, I can't think of anything specific right now, but every now and then, you know, I'll see like, okay, I can tell this is not a real hit, you know, or I learned that my father-in-law hates peppers like will not touch a dish if they've been cooked with peppers. And so I learned that one the hard way. I said, well, how did I not know you don't like, you know, green peppers? But, you know, one day I think he did together or like picked one bite out. <laughs> was like that was that was a train wreck. <laughs> oh, one of the tips that I learned early on for bringing food out in like a pork sandwich was to toast the buns lightly so then the buns didn't get soggy by the time they ate them in the field. Well, there was one day I definitely left them under the broiler a little too long and there might have been a small house fire that incurred. So <laughs> I have to say that was probably my biggest fail as a cook <laughs> on the farm. If right. you're not making mistakes, you're probably not cooking. <laughs> Absolutely. So I think that night they just got the meat version <laughs> because I didn't right. have any. So <laughs> it was protein packed. Absolutely. And they liked it just the same because I feel like as much as anybody can be picky, if you're hungry enough, you're probably just going to eat it. So maybe that's another tip. Starve right. them off that <laughs> they'll eat anything you bring. <laughs> make, them, make them really want it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So what are some of the resources that you provide for other people who are cooking for farm crews? Yeah, the resources I have for people are um, a product of them, me asking them what it is that will help them. And some of those things have been freezer meals. I'll do occasional workshops online where I walk you through how to do four or five meals assembled and frozen for later. And those are good for nights when you just need something to just grab and thaw. You don't want to put any kind of effort into it. Or if you haven't been able to get to the grocery store, it's awesome to have just a freezer meal uh, with them there and ready to go. So I do occasional workshops online where I give people the meals, the grocery list and walk them through that process. I also put together a, a list. It's actually a couple pages long of a hundred, over a hundred ideas of field meals. And that's available on my website where I just started compiling different ideas for people so that when they're in that, you know, busy time and they need ideas and if they may freeze up a little bit, which to me like, oh no, what do I want? What do I need to make? Then they have this resource of all these ideas that they can pull from. So that's been something that I developed kind of from feedback. And then I also create a community on Facebook called The Kitchen Nook. And I've got over a thousand people in there, many, many of them people in agriculture. And that's been a great place for people to just network and share 
beyond even just the pain, but um, say, you know, how do you get the stain out of, you know, out of these clothes, you know, for your farmer? So that's been a great networking thing where people have been able to interact and kind of get to know each other and people that are also in the same boat as them in the farm world. Those are awesome resources. And like you mentioned before, that the community of women in agriculture, I think, is so important because our life isn't like anybody. So to have those places that these women can meet up and talk and even talk about the food that they're creating and bringing and nourishing the farmers that are feeding the world, like I think these things are so important. And I just want to thank you for making these spaces and creating these resources for women to use and share with and connect with one another over. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's, I can honestly say like, this is my purpose. This is what I'm called to do. When you feel like that, it makes it just feel like a fun thing to be doing. Absolutely. It's not a job anymore. It's not something that you have to do. It's something that you wake up and you want to do. Absolutely. Deanne, thank you so much for chatting with us today here on the Rural Woman Podcast. For the listeners who would like to connect with you after the show, where can they find you online? Yeah, they can definitely find me on my website at thisfarmgirlcooks.com. Also book and Instagram under This Farm Girl Cooks as well. Pinterest, if you search This Farm Girl Cooks, I should come up on Pinterest as well. And I have tons of ideas for farm families and regular families on there. That's wonderful. And I will put all of those links, including Pinterest, because I think you are literally a Pinterest celebrity. So. Oh, wow. In your husband's eyes? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, he is. I think you've inspired him to start a Pinterest board and all of the things he wants me to cook for them. (laughs) That's hilarious. Well, thank you again so much for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Hey, guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Deanne Frieders, and I hope you have left here hungry and uh, go check out Deanne and her awesome recipes over on her blog and on Pinterest. So like I mentioned before in today's intro that I was going to do a unboxing slash product review of the wonderful package that I just received from Leah at KL Skin Naturals. I got a big box of goodies from her earlier this week and I couldn't wait to open it and use the new products and continue using some of my favorites. So first thing that I got is Leah's new all natural soap that she has made. And I got five beautiful new scents that I can't even pick which one my favorite is. So the first one is vanilla rose cedarwood, lavender vanilla, orange spice, peppermint, and wintergreen. And they are seriously so nice and they leave your skin feeling soft, which if we all have been washing our hands in excess like we have supposed to have been, then your hands like mine have been dry. But luckily, she also sent along my favorite aloe skin cream that I have been using for a long time. It's a French lavender scent, and it is honestly so nice, and it doesn't leave your hands feeling greasy like some natural lotions do. So thank you for that. Some brand new products that I have been just dying to try One of them is her new body butter that is in the new biodegradable packaging, which is just awesome. I just love it. It's 
all natural body butter. It's for dry skin and it is a protective moisture defense. So this scent is called Pink Salt and Neem. I don't even know what neem is, but it smells really good and I have been using it after I get out of the shower and I just love it. Speaking of showers, Leah also sent me her new whipped shampoo bar and her mint cream conditioner bar, which I have been dying to try. And if you guys don't know what a shampoo bar is or a conditioner bar, it is exactly like what it sounds. It is looks like a bar of soap, but you use it for your hair. But the nice thing about her shampoo is that it's actually soap-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free. It honestly lathers so well and it cleans my hair so well. I was a little skeptical because I do have a lot of hair. It's long and it's thick, but honestly, this left my hair feeling clean for days, which is wonderful. And the mint cream conditioner bar smells so good and it leaves my hair feeling awesome. And the one last thing that Leah sent me is my favorite deodorant from her, which is all natural. And she sent me the new refillable bar that I can put in one of my old plastic tubes of deodorant. So you just melt it down in the microwave or on the stove and you can just pour it into your old plastic so you don't have to waste plastic, which is awesome. And my favorite smell, and she knows this and she knows me so well, is the warm vanilla sugar. So that's my favorite smell of deodorant followed by the green tea. That one is also a favorite of mine. So you guys, if you want to see what I'm talking about, you you can head on over to klskindeodorant.com and check out Leah's wonderful handmade products. And also don't forget, you can use the promo code RURALWOMAN10 to save 10% off your next order. Thank you again so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Rural Woman Podcast, and I will see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to the Rural Woman Podcast. For show notes, head on over to wildrosefarmer.com. You can stay connected with me on Instagram at wildrosefarmer. If you love the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Plus, share it with a friend. We'll see you next time.